Chanukah Sameach and welcome back to our Shurim on Mishle. In this Shi'ur we should be studying the end of the fourth chapter of Mishle and the entire fifth chapter of Mishle. This makes up three separate poems which are clearly interconnected and should be studied together. There are several phrases and basic ideas that appear in all three and perhaps more importantly are developed throughout. Seen in a wider context, and I hope to note that, these poems continue the last two poems that we have been studying until now. However, they also, I think, come together as, as one unit and deal most particularly with the questions of how one expresses one's creativity in the world in a healthy and successful manner and the difference between simplicity in religious life and more complex approaches when one is faced with more complex types of problems in the world. Let's begin. Today we'll be doing it slightly differently to usual. We'll read the three poems separately, deal with them separately and try to see the connections as we go through. Perak David Pasuk Kaf Beni Lidvarai Hakshiva Laamarai Hat Ozmecha My son, listen to my words, lend your ear to what I say. Al Yalizu Meenecha Shomreim Betoch Levavecha Do not let them turn away from your eyes, guard them in your heart. Ki Chayim Heim Lemotz Ehem because they are life for all those who find them and for all their body a healing. More than any guard, guard your heart because from it comes life or that which comes out and leads to life. Take away from you deceit and corruptness of lips. Your eyes should look directly ahead. Your eyelids should be straightened in front of you. Measure the steps of your feet and all your ways will be established do not turn right or left keep your feet away from bad I don't think we can properly appreciate this poem when read alone without the next poem however let's take a look at what goes on here and try to appreciate the basic message and then from that we can move further into seeing a more complex approach developed in the next poem. Firstly, we notice that the first three psukim are almost identical, parallel, to the middle of the previous chapter. Here we read, B'ni lidvarai hakshiva lamarai hatoznecha al yalizu me'enecha shomreim betoch levavecha Listen to my words. Do not let them turn away. Al yalizu. 
from your eyes. Guard them in your heart. And in the previous chapter we read, Beni al yaluzu me'enecha netzor tushia umzima. This was Pasuk Kaf Aleph. Beni al yaluzu me'enecha. And the next Pasuk also finds parallel. For they are life for all those who find them, and a healing for the whole body. And in the previous chapter we read, So, the words that one is hearing from one's father here, give one life. But this idea is an idea that has been developed quite a bit in the previous part of this chapter in the last shiur. We spoke about it. The idea that it strengthens you for life. So while this is somewhat of an addition and development of the previous chapter, this is still working within the familiar. The difference being, here it is presented in a very simplistic manner. Perhaps proceeding one step forward, but very simplistic, as we'll see in the rest of the poem. But we said just now that it gives life for all those who find them. And the continuation of this idea is now a novel one, something new. We have already said that you must guard them in your heart. And that was a new idea. To guard the ideas in your heart. So if you must guard them in your heart, the heart is the most important part. So, more than anything else that you might guard, you must guard your heart. Now, this is interesting. What on earth does that mean? <coughs> Sorry, for from it is that which brings out to life, or that which life has brought out. That which comes out of life, or that which gives out to life. Clearly parallel to the previous Pasuk that we read so naively, as if it's just a repetition of the previous chapter, and two sides of the same coin. They give life to those who find them. From them comes that which gives life. And we can think quite a bit about what this might mean for human creativity, which is an idea which is going to be developed in the next chapter. You find the words of Torah, they give you life. Your life brings out some kind of continuation and development of that, which comes out of your life, or which gives you life. Let's continue. <laughs> This basically is for Psukim telling you that you must live in a very simplistic, straightforward manner. Straightforward. You must take away from you. Before we spoke in the previous chapter of do not let them turn away from your eyes. Hashem hates those that are corrupt, that turn away, that break off the straight path. And here we say, do not let them turn away from your eyes. We now say that even corruptness of the eye, 
the turning away of the eye is negative the ideal is a straightforwardness which lay, le leaves no place for any form of trickery for any playing around some understand this to relate to the idea that Mary says that one shouldn't let people say anything about you. Your actions should be such that no one ever has questions about you. Nobody speaks negatively about you. More simply, it seems to be saying, do not let yourself give way to corrupt speech or corrupt looks. Your eyes must look straight ahead. Your eyelids must be parallel. And now, a very famous pasuk, Kafav, Paleis ma'agal raglecha v'chol drachecha yikonu. Weigh carefully, measure the ways of your feet. Ma'agal, not meaning a circle, but steps away. V'chol drachecha yikonu. And then, all your ways shall be established. Now, this is a pasuk which will be rewritten twice by the end of the next chapter. And we need to see and we need to follow this rewriting of this pasuk. It's central for our purposes. In the simplistic form, the ideal perhaps form of religious life, everything is measured. Everything is calculated. And to a degree that seems to have been, to a degree the message of Mishle until this point, although we have noticed that we need to rely on God and only He can run our lives in the right way. But still, with all our bitachon, with all our trust in God, ultimately we must be calculating all the time our way in our life. And this is basically the idea presented here. And then, the height of this approach, Do not turn right or left. Keep your feet away from bad. It almost looks like a caricature of a simplistic approach, which might be idealistic, might be ideal, but basically never exists in our world. And the next poem, which is roughly the same length, which opens the next chapter in, of course the chapters are artificial, they're Christian chapters from the medieval period and are of no relevance really for understanding the content of Michelet. They're important, the chapters throughout are important to know where we are, if you might be following in a Tanakh. So the beginning of the next chapter is a direct continuation of this. This starts with a poem parallel to this Almost exactly. Beni lechokmati hakshiva litvunati hatoznecha. My son, to my wisdom listen, and to my understanding, tvuna, that which is deeper than wisdom, lend your ear. Lishmal mezimot to guard planning, scheming in the positive sense. Vedats fatechin so and knowledge, your lips shall guard. For honey drips the lips of the strange one. 
and slippery as oil is a cheek. Vachrita marachla'ana chada kecherev piyot and her end is bitter like wormwood sharp like a double-edged sword. Ragleha yordot mavet sh'ol tz'adeha yitmochu her feet bring down to death. Orachayim pentafales na'um agloteha loteda the way of life lest you measure you shall not measure for her steps will turn away in a way that you will not know now first let's note parallels at the beginning of this piece with the previous chapter from two weeks ago we started two weeks ago. Hashem b'chokmai asad aretz konen shamayim b'tvuna. Pasuk 19 of chapter Gim. Chokmai and tvuna. And yet, in the previous poem we just read, we said, B'ni l'dvarai hakshiva l'amarai hatoznecha. Listen to my words. Lend your ear to what I say. And now we return to Chochmah and Tavuna, the pair of wisdom and the understanding deeper than wisdom, that which was the intention of the author, that which teaches you one thing out of another, but we put it into the form of the previous poem we just read, like, B'ni l'dvarai akshiva l'amarai atoznecha, we now B'ni l'chochmati akshiva l'tvunati atoznecha. So before we spoke of Dvarim and Amarim, and now we speak of Chochmah and Tvuna, we go back to the Chochmah and Tvuna. This is our aim, Chochmah and Tvuna. We now realize that perhaps the previous poem was almost a character choice, it was a simplistic ideal. Actually, just to listen to words, not to wisdom, to lend your ear to what I say, that's something very simplistic. But what we need to go through life and to stand up to its challenges is really Chochmah and Tvuna. B'ni l'chochmati hakshiva. To my wisdom you must listen now. Not just to my words. Now listen to my wisdom. There's something deeper. Going by the split of wisdom and understanding. Chochmah and Tvuna from the previous chapter now applied into the parallel of the previous poem we have B'ni l'chochmati hakshiva l'tvunati hatoznecha. Now listen to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding, that which is deeper. Now you'll understand the equivalent of the previous poem, which seemed incredibly simplistic, almost a caricature. You now see the equivalent in wisdom. Lishmor mezimot. To guard planning. Practical planning. Mezima. That which guards you, as we've seen before. Your lips shall guard knowledge practical knowledge that comes out of Chochmah and Tvuna as we saw two weeks ago and why do you need this wisdom and more intelligent approach why can't you take the more simplistic religious approach very often because the challenges of life are very tough and now we get to the gendered element which will be very central today please don't be turned off by it Mishle was written in a cultural setting where men were studying it and therefore they speak about the strange woman leading them astray. 
I'm sure had it been written by women, it would have been the other way round. And that's perfectly to be understood. Let's not take that too into with too much concern. But what does this strange woman mean? What is she an allegory for? And here the Mephoshim move, like always in this question, into two directions. One is for ta'ava, for physical desire. And the other is in the direction of heresy, or foreign culture, dangerous ideas. And this will be very central in the continuation of this piece. It could be that the this present poem is talking about the first and the next poem about the next there's that which pushes in both directions we speak about dripping honey but we speak about zara strange which gives a cultural aspect to it and I think that will be developed quite a bit in the next poem for honey drips the lips of the strange one and a cheek is slippery like oil. But the next pasuk is a direct parallel to this. Vachritach, but her end, where she'll bring you. Marach ana is bitter like wormwood. Chadak echerev piyot. Sharp, like a double-edged sword. And note, not just are the both, these both, these two pasukim, the first halves parallel each other and the second half parallel each other but actually in the second half there is a one-to-one relationship between the words chalak to chada sharp against smooth mishemen kecheref instead of oil we talk about a sword chika and piyot a cheek and the mouth in, in Hebrew we say double-edged sword by piyot mouth it's direct relationship Perhaps we're talking about a relationship between chalak and chad, between shemen and cheref, that often that which seems smooth is actually sharp. So being smooth is the same as being sharp. Often that which seems like oil is really a sword, based on this similarity between the smooth and the sharp. And I would note, seeing that it's Hanukkah, that we can note the connection between Cherev and Shemen here, between the sword and the oil. Perhaps often the oil is symbolism for the sword, being the spiritual version of the physical. And the miracle of the little sword against the great sword is perhaps similar to the miracle of the little oil burning like it was much. She brings down to death. And now we have the Pasuk, which is a direct inversion of the Pasuk we read before in the previous one. The ways of life, lest you measure, do not measure, and the second half of this pasuk can be read in several ways. Its ways shall move in directions that you shall not know. That's one reading. And indeed, perhaps this is a breakup of the previous version of this, which was in the 26th pasuk, the second to last pasuk of the previous chapter that we read just a few minutes ago. Measure the ways of your feet. Ma'agal 
our ways. And here we say, Orachayim, the ways of life. As far as stepping in life, that's true. But the ways of life themselves are much more complex if you want to be able to stand up to the challenges. Orachayim, pen tefales. Lest you try to measure it, work it out in advance. If you try to do that, na'u ma'agloteha loteda. The ma'agal raglecha that you had to do, pales, pales ma'agal raglecha in the previous chapter, here becomes orachayim pent pales, na'u ma'agloteha loteda. It's division between pales and ma'agal raglecha. The ways will move, na'u will move to a place that you cannot know. If you try to calculate in advance, it won't work. Now, Chazal say about this something very important. Chazal ask in the Gemara, the relationship of these two Pesukim, it seems to be a contradiction, and Mishlei often, we have other cases at least, of contradictions, which seem explicit, and that's something to do with the form of wisdom that's being taught here. And the Gemara says that it depends. When a mitzvah comes to you that you are able to do, but so are other people, that other people do it, but when a mitzvah comes up that you are sure that other people cannot do, only you can do it, then don't go for the calculative approach in life, looking for the better thing to do, the more worthwhile thing. Do the thing that no one else can do. It's calling upon you. It needs your attention. That's how Chazal explained this difference. I'd like to say on the level of Pshat and reading this, this difference is exactly central to the message of, that Mishlei is trying to teach us by putting these two poems against each other. In a simplistic, idealistic, ideal sense of life, be straightforward, be straight and simple, don't turn right or left, measure your ways, and everything will be established and fine. However, in reality, when you realize what challenges there are up in life against you, the way of life don't try to measure it in advance its ways will move in directions you will not be able to calculate in advance it won't work and now we understand the word ki because at the beginning of the third pasuk here in this poem for because honey drippeth the lips of the strange one that's the reason why you need to listen to Chochmah and you have to have Mezimot. Because the Amarim and Dvarim of the previous poem are not enough. That simplistic religiosity is meaningful as an ideal. In reality, we often need something else. And now we have the development in the third poem of what this actually means in life. Now we'll go a bit faster, it's quite long. Now, sons, listen to me. And do not leave, do not turn away. From the words I say. Make your way far away from her. Keep away from her home. Let she give your glory to others. And your years to something which will turn out cruel. Lest your strength, your power be taken up, be eaten up, be satisfied others, strange ones, 
and all your efforts in the house of a stranger. V'nahamta b'acharitecha b'chlot b'sacha u'sh'erecha And at your end you shall groan when your body has been destroyed. V'amalta and you shall say how I hated discipline and admonishing and I didn't listen to those who were teaching me to my teachers I didn't turn an ear to them I was almost in all bad in front of everyone almost but you were this reminds us of the second poem of Mishle in the first chapter doesn't it it's an allegory. You haven't actually gone to all bad. You almost did though. Drink waters from your own system and flowing water from your well. It will spread out to the outside world. But ultimately it will be yours and it won't belong to others. Enjoy be happy. Have blessing with the wife of your youth. You will be continuously absorbed in love for her, which will continuously revitalize you. And why be interested? Why take that interest? Why go wrong? with another woman for before the eyes straight before the eyes of God are the ways of man and all his ways he measures the sins of the wicked entrap him and with the ropes of his sin he is held up he dies out of a lack of musar, of boundaries, of discipline, and will be absorbed and go wrong with his multiple idiocies. Now, let's work through this kind of fast, because we have very little time, and try to see how this is developing the ideas from before. So incredibly pu- incredible pearls. So we really it would be a pity to miss them. Very quickly now. Again from Pasuk Zayin and Perkei. Now children, listen to me. Don't turn away from what I say. The Miri points out there are stages here. First, keep away. Even if you didn't keep away, keep away from the house. Again and again, you're coming closer. She might give your glory and your years to another to that which will become cruel against you lest strangers become satisfied from your powers all your efforts in the house of strangers what's going on? On the level of the allegory, it's easy to understand that you might be talking about a married woman and you might be end up strengthening her in ways that ultimately undermine your family as opposed to another. 
But if we try to understand beyond the allegory what it's trying to talk about, we note that. If we said before that this strange woman that's supposed to be leading you astray could be either desires, but it could also be heresy, foreign culture, that which is perhaps not always so healthy. It's not necessarily bad, but it's not right for you. There are ways to be creative. There are certain aspects of life that seem glistening and meaningful. But in reality, it will end up just supporting the other camp. It will end up supporting something which is foreign in culture to you. If you put all your efforts in things that don't connect to Torah and Avodat Hashem, it might not strengthen you at the end. You might end up just strengthening something that is foreign to you. And at the end you shall grow because everything that was of your own is all lost. It's valuable to be involved in secular studies, in the secular world, in the outside world. But only because we believe that those things have spiritual relevance. Supporting them in themselves is foreign to Jewish thought. And many of those who studied Mishlei so deeply were philosophers and people who dealt in secular thought and dealt in the secular world. But only when it supports the spiritual meaning of life and your understanding of Avodat Hashem. I almost destroyed myself in front of everyone. And now, the other side, and what we've said, I think we come stronger from this. And the Mephoshim talk about the difference between these two halves of this Pasuk. Drink water from your system. That's still water. That's gathered water. Venozlim. And liquid moving water perhaps, mitoch be'erecha, from your well. And what is the difference between a well and a cistern? A cistern is gathered water, and the well is flowing water. The first might be knowledge that has been come accumulated already, perhaps by yourself, perhaps by others before you. Maybe that is the woman of your youth, as some explain, to be the Torah you learnt when you were young. That's Rashi. And then Shtei Maimi Borech, as Rashi also points out in this Pasuk, there's a difference between the Bor and the Be'er. Drink waters from your system. And running water from your well. The running water is the second stage. It's your own ideas. It's your own creativity, one might suggest, and add into Rashi's, seeing the difference between them. Perhaps that is the difference between them. First you must know to drink the waters of your teachers, as we've said in the previous Pesukim. And the next level, as we've seen a few times already in Mishlei, is the creativity that you have that comes from that in your Torah, in your understanding of the world. And the next stage is, Your insides shall burst forth outwards into the streets, rivers of water. That's your chidush. That's your teaching. That's your giving to others. That's your family. And that's your students. Your own creativity flowing in the streets. And then the next pasuk seems a bit weird. We need someone like, Mish- like the Me'iri 
הוא שם אותו בנליטיסט, תהל פסה. יהיו לך לבדיך, ואין לזרים איתך. They shall be for you alone, and for strangers there won't be any part. But just one second, didn't it just go into the streets? So one possibility is, yes, but it's not strangers. The streets are, it's your chevre, it's people who are part of your beliefs. They identify with you, people who are part of your aims in life. They, they're striving for the same ideals. They're not undermining your words and letting it feed into a belief that, system that you didn't identify with. They're involved in your world, in your life. The other possibility, as the Me'iri suggests, is that ultimately with all the teaching and all the effect you give in the world, the greatest meaning there is to wisdom and spiritual development is ultimately kept for the person himself who manages to develop himself. But ultimately, ultimately, it's for you alone. The real meaning is ultimately not shared. It can't be, as we've said a few times already. Your relationship with your own wife, the wife of, wife of your youth, may be understood as the Torah, that which you were brought up on, gives you both bracha and simcha, both blessing and happiness. Now, the Gemara in Eruvin Nundalid, Amudbet, develops the idea of Dadea Yeravucha Bocholet, is that whenever you're involved in Torah, it gives you more meaning. What's Bavata Tishketa mean? And what does Tishke mean? Tishke will appear now three times in these few psukim we have, with slightly different meanings, very different connotations. It's the same word. Ashkaga is a mistake. What is shigayon? It seems to be lovesick, almost mad. The Rambam at the end of Hilchot Shuvah talks about that that must be our relationship with God. That is the love of God that is demanded of us. And the Raivet at the end of Hilchot Shuvah, the end of the 10th chapter, attacks us and asks, says, what is this Shigayon that the Rambam is talking about? The Gemara in Eruven Nundale that we mentioned before relates to the fact that sometimes when somebody is involved in Torah, one's normal actions in the world are, are all messed up because a person is kind of in love. He's somewhere else. The shkaga that it causes you in your normal affairs is what we mean by lovesick. Overly engrossed to the point of doing silly things, not taking care of the normal things in life. That is the tishket amid. Through the Torah, you are overly involved. You get to a point where you're like a shogeg in other things. And this is a very central, pivotal word because it turns in both directions. And that's why it can't be translated. It seems to mean to make mistakes, but it also means to be lovesick. Why, my son, should you be tishke, mistaken, or overly engrossed with somebody who is a stranger? And this is now the third pasuk about 
lefales, and now it redoes it. It turns it round. Maglotav mefales, not mefales magal reglecha, but maglotav mefales. And this is the idea we've seen before in Mishle, I believe two weeks ago. The idea of bitachon in Hashem, belief in Hashem and trust in Hashem, ultimately being behind success in the world. At the beginning we spoke about calculating your ways. Then we spoke about, you can't calculate your ways. You have to go with much deeper wisdom. And now we say that Hashem calculates your ways. Hashem measures your ways. Hashem will do it through your involvement in Torah, Musar and Chokhmah, through your involvement in mitzvot and living a correct life. Hashem will measure and calculate your ways for you. And even the first half of this Pasuk is a rewriting of the previous ones. Ki nochach Hashem For straight before the eyes of God are the ways of man. And what did we say, see in Pasuk Kafhei of the previous chapter? Your eyes should be straightforward, should look straight ahead. And now we say, it's not your eyes that look straight ahead. When you see the complexity of life, you realize you need to trust in God, you need to keep the mitzvot and understand that you need complexity and wisdom and look at things deeply and take the wisdom of the Torah and try to apply it in life through halacha and through musar and machshava and understanding how these things work out in life. In reality that we have been taught in the Torah, when you look at all that in that way, you realize that your eyes are not the eyes that calculate your life. It's nochach einei Hashem darcheish. It's not enechal nochach yabitu. I'd like to give one quick minute on the last two psukim. Avonotavi kuduno et harashau v'chavlechat toyitamech. The sins of the wicked entrap him. Uvechavlechat toyitamech. Almost all the mafashim, all the mafashim understand that yitamech here is to be understood as like being close to or being caught up in the sense of being hung. Sorry, hanged by one's sin. Because the problem here is how the ropes of the sin that seem to entrap a person can strengthen. Yitamech usually means to be held up in a positive sense. I would like to suggest that actually they are holding up in a positive sense. But that's got a very negative meaning. Because it's the sins that entrap one. And when the sins entrap a person, that means he's been caught in a trap in a spider's web. And then, he's being held up. And he mistakenly thinks he's being supported by his sin. But ultimately, that brings to his downfall. He will die without Musar. Or for the lack of Musar. And with his great, his multitude of idiocies. Yishke. That word again. To make mistakes or to be overly engrossed. The Torah tells you to be overly engrossed, to be lovesick with the Torah itself, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because one will always be Yishke in something. And if you want to get to true creativity, it has to come through your own cultural backbone, through the Torah itself. Through that, you can come to Avodat Hashem and to a healthy life of creativity. And your water is pouring forth. Chanukah Sameach.